Thank you for tuning in with us today on the Juba City Assembly of God podcast. Hope this inspires you. Hope it builds your faith. Hope it helps you see God in your life. Enjoy the message. Remember, every single week there's a new message from Tuba City Assembly of God. Also, if you want to reach out to us, feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook and our Instagram. Have a good day. Just so you know, being called a sheep wasn't exactly a good thing. (laughs) Because sheep have a way of getting into trouble, just like you and me. And sheep need a shepherd. They need someone to watch out for them because they can get themselves in all kinds of situations. Um, It's amazing where you'll find Christian people sometimes. Find them in the most crazy situations in the most precarious uh, places. They love the Lord, but they find, you'll find a sheep wandering off. You might find him in a bar. You might find him in front of a, cas- in, in a casino putting a nickel in the nickel machine. You might find them in all kinds of situations. They got lost. They got away from the shepherd, and they need a shepherd. Amen? They need one to help them to get back on task. And some of us have had some wandering in our life. Uh, we've wandered away a little bit, and the Lord would bring us back and keep us close to him. And so David, when he's looking at these sheep, he thinks about the Lord, and he's thinking about God. And this is, as he thinks about God, he begins to pen this song. It's a song. I, I would wonder what it sounds like. But he writes this down, and this is what we have all come to know. You can go to a hospital. You can go to sometimes uh, people's houses and living rooms or kitchens, and you'll see this psalm. We've probably heard it more than once uh, uh, at a funeral. We've read it on the back of funeral uh, pamphlets. And so we all know it. But let's read it together. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, David will say, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and they comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. What a confidence that she she has, huh? There's a tremendous confidence in the shepherd that the that from the perspective of a sheep he's communicating. And David is in the same way, the same boat. He has tremendous confidence in the care of God. He knows that God's going to take care of him. That the Lord is not going to leave him. But instead the Lord is watching over him. You know, we need to have that same confidence in God, too. God watches over us all the time. I'm never outside of the presence of God. Neither are you. No matter where you go, no matter what may be happening in your life, no matter how you may be feeling on the inside, you are not far from the presence of God. He's with you. He's always there. 
Matter of fact, just so you know, the Bible says if you're a believer that you become the temple or the tabernacle of the living God. God lives inside of you. Man, that's some good stuff, right? Do you guys know that? Do you really know that? Do you, do you know that to be the, the case that God lives in you? Holy smokes. That, that's good enough right there. We could stop, close our Bibles, go home and live and just be happy all day long if we just get that one. If we just got that one, God in you. God in me. That's what the psalmist says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Wow. Well, let's pray really quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. I thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, in these next few moments that, God, you are going to catch hold of our attention. And, Lord God, we've come hungry. We've come thirsty. We've come expecting to be with you. And, Lord, I pray right now, speak to us. Our ears are open. Our hearts are open. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. First thing David says, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Let me ask you this question. Who is your shepherd? Who is the one leading you in your life today? Who is the one that's out in front guiding your steps every day? Now, for me, that's Jesus. Amen. Amen. And for all of us, we ought to make that the Lord every day, right? Not just on Sunday, between the hours of 10 and 12, right? There are some people, that's the, only, that's the time when Jesus leads them. But what about after? Who's leading you? And where are you going? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I'm content. You know, if there's one thing I learned this week or these, these last 11, 12 days when we haven't been eating steaks and all the stuff I, we all love, is I've been learning that I am content. God's taking care of me. I've been realizing more and more I don't necessarily need a burger, hot dog, or hamburger to be happy. I'm realizing that I have Jesus all the time, right? And his word satisfies my soul. And his word satisfies your soul. When you get in the word of God and you begin to feast on the word, the word satisfies. Amen? It's good to read the Word of God, to get in there and just, just chomp on it and read what the Word has to say to you. How many of you guys have been doing that in the last few weeks, just been just feasting on the Word of God? Anybody doing that? <clears throat> you know, because I'm looking at some sheep. You're looking a little bit, little bit like you've been out and you've got cockleburrs in your fur and you look like you've been chewed on by a wolf or two and you're walking, but, and some of you look a little bit skinny. You need to get in the Word of God and begin to feast on the Word of God. It's so wonderful to read the Bible. Amen. I mean, I was reading some, I've been reading some stuff this week, and, and, and just, just one of the things I was reading about and just meditating on was about the wisdom of God, and then also I've been reading on, in the Old Testament about, about God's judgment, and it was interesting, there were more than one prophet during the time of Jeremiah, there were multiple prophets speaking to God's people, and there was this consequence that was going to come to Israel because they weren't listening to God, and as I was thinking about that this week, I thought, Lord, I want to make sure I'm listening to you. I want to make sure that my ears are open, and I'm not just simply just simply hearing it one ear and going out the other ear. But I want to hear what you have to say and do what you want me to do because I want God's blessing on my life. Amen? And I know that if we do that, God's going to bless us. Somebody say amen. And so the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I am content. So David, or, or, or Paul would say this later on in his life in Philippians. He'd say, I have learned to be content 
in every situation. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. Incidentally, that's where that verse is sandwiched in between. He said, I have learned to have a lot and I've learned to have a little, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's about contentment. That's what that verse is about. It's not about, you know, overcoming every single thing, although you could apply that. But the true application has to do with being content in every situation. How many of us this morning are content? Has God satisfied you? I mean, are you satisfied? Because I am. The Lord satisfies our soul. His relationship satisfies me. I don't need anybody else but Jesus. I mean, he's good enough, right? I don't need anybody else. He satisfies my soul to walk with Jesus, to have him with me every day. He just, he takes care of me. It's so wonderful to have the presence of God with us all the time and to walk in that. Guys, I'm, I, I hope you're excited about that because I am. He's wonderful to, our, to each one of us, and so I am content. I've learned to be content. I don't need anything else. I have Jesus. Everybody say this. I don't need anything else. I have Jesus. If you have a working car, you should be satisfied. Even if that old chitty is just barely getting you from point A to point B, at least you have a car because there's a lot of people who don't. If you got a bed to sleep in at night, praise the Lord. Even if you're laying on a sheepskin, praise God for that. If you, whatever you have, if you have, if you have a little bit in the fridge or you have a lot in the fridge, praise God for that. Every one of us, you have clothes that fit you, you have shoes that fit you. Matter of fact, you're okay. Look at the person next to you, say, you are content. Some of you are more than content. I can tell by the way you're sandwiched, you had to, you had to punch a couple of holes in your belt. You're content. The Lord has been satisfying us, Amen. We've been eating off the fat of the Lord. God's been giving us a lot of things. We have more than enough in America. We live in a land of plenty because God's blessing has been resting on this country for a while, but we need to continue to, we actually need to come back to God as a nation because that's where true blessing comes when we're walking with Jesus, amen? When I'm walking with the Lord, that's where blessing is in my life. And, and so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need, hallelujah, well, anyways, he lets me rest in green pastures and leads me beside peaceful streams. You know, that's talking about just, just a wonderful situation. You know, I found that I can have peace in the middle of a storm, that everything around me can be just going nuts, and you can have peace. That you could be in a workplace where everybody around you has got stress and you don't have stress. That you could just be, you know, you can get a flat tire and say, oh, praise the Lord, it's all right. We're going to get it fixed. Has God given you that kind of peace inside? You know what I'm talking about? It's like the person next to you can get the promotion you always wanted, but you're all right with it. And you're going to say, that's okay, Jesus. Your best friend can get the girl that you've been after all the time, and you say, ah, it's okay, you have her. She's probably got, she's probably got something wrong with her anyways. Hey. <laughs> you got contentment. Do you know what I'm talking about? Peace inside. Your enemy can say something bad about you. You can read something bad about you. Somebody posts on Facebook, and you don't lose your peace. You're like, that's Okay. I feel good. I'm laying down in green pastures. 
man, you know, that reminds me. Of, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but how many of you guys, I used to have an old bed that was just kind of like this falling down the middle. It was like a horse that had a sway back. Anybody have a bed like that? And then you lay in a really good bed. You know what I'm talking about when you lay in that good bed? And it's just like every spring is holding up in the right spot. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're just, just relaxing. And, and, and it's just good, man. And God is the one who's able to keep us at peace. Man, I, I don't know about you guys' week, but mine's been a peaceful week. I, I, got a, I mean, things were going on all week long. But I got a chance to visit with my brother-in-law and be with Steve and minister over there and just be around him and just just walk in, in God's peace. And God was taking care of me every day. Um, that's awesome. I, don't, I mean, you guys want to brag about, anybody bragging about Jesus just telling people, man, the Lord takes care of me really good. I mean, he does. He takes care of us. And so he goes on to say, you know, the Lord leads me beside still waters. Well, still waters are important because a sheep can't really drink very well on moving water. And so he leads him beside still waters to a place where you can drink and, and feast and, and eat. And so he does. He, he goes on to say this, the Lord renews my strength. You know, that's one thing that I've been finding more and more that when we spend more time with the presence of the Lord, he renews our strength. We don't have to be walking around just barely getting by. We can just barely drag and by. As a matter of fact, if we just simply spend more time with Jesus, we'll, we'll find ourselves, our lives overflowing. We'll have, our, we'll have strength for every single situation, which is good stuff, people. It's really good. How many of you guys are still excited about Jesus? You're looking really tired this morning. You look like you need a steak, but keep on pressing through. <laughs> but you know what? He leads us. He guides us along right paths. You know, I thank God for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I really do. I thank the Lord that the Holy Spirit is there to convict us, and when we get in the wrong, he will convict you. Now, let me tell you something. I was talking to, <clears throat> I was talking to Paul this week, and, and we were just talking in the office, I think Monday, and, uh, and I was saying, you know, a lot of times some people come to church all guilty, and they, or they walk in, they, and they just, they've been doing stuff, and they just get it, and they're just guilty. And then they go, and, then, and, and if you're feeling like that, it's like just miserable to go to church if you feel guilty all the time. And I told them, I said, you know, what I've realized is that, you know what, if you feel guilty, fix it. And then next time, you don't have to feel so guilty. You know, and I just, you know what I mean? I mean, sometimes you hear something, and if God's speaking to you, and the Lord's convicting us about something, then do something about it. Take care of it. And when you take care of it, you feel better the next time. It's so amazing because I love it when God convicts me. I do. I love the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Some of us, we don't even realize and we just we feel like, uh, because the conviction comes. It was interesting last week when Brother Lopez was sharing about marriage and he talked about some things how as we get older that in marriage that our lives become more and more about one another as we grow from this point like a triangle and toward the end as we're there, we're like one. We're one. And he said the more that you're that way, then pretty soon even your children are no longer part of that picture. It's you. It's about you and your wife. And in and you can see as he's talking that minds were thinking, and all of a sudden it just got really quiet. And Brother Lopez said, hey, I didn't try to make you guys feel bad today. I'm trying to help you. And it was just interesting how when God's conviction comes, we start feeling bad. Instead of feeling bad, say, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, you're talking to me. 
Because you care for me and you want to help me out. That's what it's all about. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. The Bible says when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to help you and I walk the right path. And so when I get off as a sheep and I'm on the wrong path, then the Holy Spirit will come and he doesn't do it in a bad way. He'll just come and say, he'll just simply say, you need to get on the right path. You're doing the wrong thing here. He'll even tell you what to do. You need to say you're sorry. You should have never said that. You need to help that person. You need to forgive that person. You ought to give that thing away. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had that happen? And the Holy Spirit shows you, leads you, guides you. That's the Holy Ghost. And he's leading you and he's trying to lead you and I to walk on a right path. Because our nature, our nature our old nature is to do whatever we want to do. We go where we want to go. We're like sheep, and we just wander off. You know, when I was, I'm not a shepherd as far as sheep is concerned, real sheep. And the first time I tried to, with Sharon's dad used to have a little corral. And they had only just a small number of sheep in there, maybe about 15 or 20. <clears throat> and I was walking over there, and I was noticing them. And Sharon said, let them out. They, they, let them go eat. And so I said, oh, okay, what do I need to do? She said, just open the door, open the corral. So I opened the corral, but they didn't know me, and I'm standing in front of the door, and I was like, and, I, and they're like sitting there, and then they started getting back in the corner, and they're like this. It was funny to watch them. Their eyes are like really beady, and they're like, and they're like this. You could see their bodies moving, and they're just moving around in the corner, pushing each other in the corner. It was so funny, and then one of them bolts out this way, and then all of them begin to bolt out this way, and then they all took off everywhere. And they went everywhere, this way, that way, everywhere. And I was like, hey, hey, come back here. And I was like, I was whistling to them, you know, like you would to the puppy. Come here, come here. And they wouldn't even listen to me, just took off that way. Some of us are like that sheep. And God's like, come back here. And I keep running this way. One of them ran over to the highway, that, that, that uh, highway between Shiprock and, and Farmington. They was running to the road. And Sharon said, don't chase it, don't chase it. It's going to go on the road. Just leave it be. It'll stop. It'll eventually come back. Because in my thinking, I was just going to run after him and try to go get him. And it was running away from me. You know, that's how some of us are with the Lord. The Lord's trying to get a hold of you, trying to help and we're running away from Jesus. Bah, bah, <laughs> running away and he's trying to help you. Look at the person next to you and say, stop running away from Jesus. He's trying to help you. Did you know that the reason why in that picture that the shepherd is holding a sheep over his shoulder, did you guys know anything about that? Do you want to know why? It's because when there's a rebellious sheep that would always take off and run away, in the Middle East, this is what they would do, not over here, but in the Middle East, if they had a sheep like that, you know what the shepherd would do? He'd go over there and break his leg. Then he'd pick him up and put him on his shoulder and carry him. And when the, when the leg finally healed, he'd put him down, he'd carry him for a while. When the leg finally healed, that sheep would never, ever run away from the shepherd. It would stay close to him. Because he was broken from his rebellious running away. And you see, sometimes the Lord has to allow us to go through some things. Because he wants to teach us not to run away. To stay close to him. Because that's where it's safest. It's not safe away from the shepherd. It's safe near him. 
He takes care of you. Have you ever had the Lord break you? Paul talks about it, that the Lord will break us. You see, we have to be broken of pride, stubbornness, self-will in our lives. Did you know in James, he says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Who of us chooses to humble ourselves? But James is saying, choose to humble yourself. We usually get humbled by circumstances, but not choosing to humble ourselves. But he says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Here's the promise, John. He says, if you'll do that, he will lift you up. Choosing the path of humility. That's, that's a sheep. That's God's people. And so he says, the Lord, the Lord leads me on right paths. He restores my soul. He goes on to say some more things that are really interesting. <clears throat> he says, even though, or even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid, for you're close beside me. God comforts us. Now, sometimes we have to discover God in the darkness, though. We have to discover that he's there. There was a series of messages the Lord gave me years ago about, about treasures in the dark. Did you know that there's a darkness the Lord allows us to go through? There's a time of darkness he, he allows us to go through. And it's not meant to hurt you, it's to teach you to have confidence that he is with you, even in the dark. You know, some kids, there's some adults, they're still afraid of the dark. They have to have a light on the house, a nightlight here and there. And some of us may be afraid of dark times in our life, afraid of darkness, but, but I'm not, not no more, because I know the Lord is with me in the dark. And even if I can't feel him, He's still there. See, some of us think because I can't feel him anymore, he's not there. But that's a lie. You know what I'm talking about? You ever been in a room and you're trying to find your way to the bed and your light's off and you're saying, honey, where are you? Where is it? We're here. Follow my voice. Oh, okay. You're right there. There's been a few times the Lord has allowed me to go through those things. I, they were hard times, but they were learning times. I, church, I've learned that he's the best shepherd in the whole world. He's never away. He's never far from you. Man, why do you want to listen to the devil telling you when he's not, he's not there? Why do, you, why do you let him lie to you that way? Psalm 139, David would say this about the Lord. He'd say, if I make my bed in heaven, there you are. And if I make my bed in Sheol, there you are. And there's no place I can go where you're not there. Before I get up in the morning, you know where I am. And when I rise up, you know when I rise up. And when I go to bed, you know when I go to bed. Every thought before it becomes a word, you already know my thoughts. You know my words. You know my actions. You've surrounded me, he said. You've encompassed me all around. And he said, such knowledge is so hard to, to contemplate 
God with us all around. There was a, I think the first pastor I ever had, it was a time I was really lonely, um, cold winter, a lot of stuff. When a lot of things going on in, in, in the church, I prayed hard. I did. I would get up every morning um, at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'd go to the sanctuary, and I'd pray till 7. Serious. I'd get on my knees. I'm not bragging. I just That's what I would do. And I would get on my knees, and I prayed. And I, w- I would never feel him, though, but I would be there. I heard a song by a, name, a guy named Keith Green, and in this song, he says, I'm on my knees, I will stay until you are here, on, until that final day. And I listen to that song lyrics all the time, and I get up in the morning, and I would literally get on my knees, and I say, God, I'm here. And I know you're here, even though you're not saying anything, but I know you're here, and I know you're watching me. And so I just want to say thank you for waking me up Thank you for a wife. Thank you for a community to serve. I'm not going to go anywhere, Jesus. I'm going to be here. And I'm going to wait for you. How many of us are like that with Jesus? You just say, Lord, I'm going to wait for you. I'm just going to stay right here and wait until you come. We get so impatient, don't we? We don't feel him. I'm out of here then. Well, He's not around, and so we just take off. Some people will have done that when you're praying for, you know, a situation. Lord, you're not answering, so I need to do something. But I'm learning more and more to wait for him. And when it's dark, he's still there. Everybody say together, when it's dark, he is still there. Now, I'm not looking forward to dying. I know it's going to come. I don't know when. But you know what? I know what, I know what darkness is. What, what, I know what death is. It's the last enemy. And then there's no more. How many of you guys are tired of fighting the good fight? You ever get tired of it? Fighting the good fight. And then to know there's one last enemy... And he's already been defeated. He's already been defeated. Death has been defeated. Death for you and me is not to be afraid of. It's like walking through a veil. That's it. And on the other side is Jesus. And when we get there, it's going to be worth it. Now I got... I still want to do some things. But when that day comes, I want my heart, my soul to be ready. So I got to be ready every day because you don't know when it's going to come. And I want my life to be ready so when that day comes and my time comes, that when this life is over and this body starts, stops breathing, its last breath that I will know with confidence in my heart that he's right there to take me home. See, heaven is home for the Christians. 
I'm going to say it again because you guys don't seem too excited. Heaven is home for the Christians. You know, I was reading something about heaven. Did you know heaven is not a cloud that we just float around on? Did you, you knew that, right? And you know that we don't become angels, right? That we, we, don't, we don't pray to people who passed away. If somebody told you, well, they become an angel now, just pray, they're going to hear. No, they didn't become an angel. They're, they're a saint that died and they went to be with the Lord. They're not an angel. Angels are created beings, okay? We know that. They're another class of beings. Your passed away loved ones did not become an angel. Look at the person next to you and say, I didn't know that. They don't become angels. Everybody say they did not become angels. I want to hear it. You're not convinced. They're not become angels. Angels are another class of being. When you or I or your loved one passed away and they loved Jesus, they went home. They went to be with Jesus. Now, here's the cool part. When, when we think of heaven, it is not a cloud. The Bible lets us know it's a little bit like earth. It's a little bit like here. Matter of fact, the scripture says there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth in the end. So heaven is, is different, but it's, there's a little bit familiarity to us. There's, if the familiarity is there's going to be people there. There are going to be animals there. there are going to, there's grass in heaven. There's trees in heaven. There's good things in heaven. Amen. There's a stream that flows in heaven that's living water that people can drink from. and have a, There's wonderful things to do. There's learning in heaven. We're not just going to sit around and just know it all. No, we're going to be learning more and more about an amazing, amazing God. We're going to begin to discover how wonderful, how amazing, how majestic our God is. You think we're going to know it all? We're not going to know it all. We're going to be continuously learning and learning about God and discovering. Folks, I want you to get ready. Get a pen and piece of paper and start learning because you're going to keep learning when you get there. There's work to be done in heaven. We're going to rule and reign with heaven in, Je in Jesus' name. <clears throat> There's stuff that's going to happen in heaven. Folks, I want you to know we're not just going to get there and say, oh, it's over now. Give me a robe and give me some grapes. We're going to kick back. That is not it. That is not it at all. That's not it. We're going to do some stuff. We're going to, and the thing is, all the things that we're familiar, some of the things about pain and suffering, all those things, gone. Gone forever. We're going to be renewed. Our bodies are going to be renewed. This old body is going to be done away with. Your old body, some of us, we have an old body because we've been in it for a little while. Your house is getting old. Somebody look at the person next to you and say, mm-hmm. Your house is getting old. In heaven, you're going to get a new house. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A new house. And the new one in heaven, you don't have to worry about dentures. Somebody say, praise the Lord. No hearing aids. Amen. No bunions, hallelujah. No bicuspids, amen. No bifocals in heaven. Somebody say, praise the Lord. In heaven, it's going to be a wonderful place. That's where we're going, folks. That's what God is leading us to. Somebody say, hallelujah. We're on our way to heaven, people. And this is not our home. So when you walk through here every now and then, just look at Tuba City. And every now and then, just kind of look over and say, okay, see you later. In the past, we're moving forward. Amen we're going home. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In heaven, it's not going to be a certain part of heaven's Navajo only. 
It's not going to be Navajo speaking only in one corner. It's going to be all of God's people mixed together, kind of like this congregation today. And you're going to hear people praising the Lord in every language and kindred and tongue. They're going to be around the throne of God. You'll hear Navajo, you'll hear Hopi, you'll hear Simshian and Cheyenne and Sioux and Arapaho. And you'll hear a little bit of English and some German, some Scandinavian and Dutch. You'll hear a little bit of Russian. You'll hear some Hispanic language, some Portuguese. You'll hear some people every now and then even clicking. You ever heard that language where they just click? You ever heard those people from the jungles of click, 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 click? You'll hear that up there too. Somebody be praising the Lord. <laughs> praising the Lord. You'll hear angels there too. Oh, holy smokes, guys. Well, I'm trying to get you guys excited today. I'm trying. But in heaven, it's going to be so wonderful. We're going to, did you know we're going to eat in heaven? And we're not going to get fat in heaven. Did you know that? So just look at that little tube that you put on and say, goodbye tube, because it's going to be gone when you get to heaven. I probably won't recognize some of you. You won't recognize me. We'll, we'll say, is that you? <laughs> I, I don't remember you that way. <laughs> we're going to be new, folks. We're going to be new. Hallelujah. We're almost there. We're almost there, church. That's why I value the Lord. He takes care of us. I'm not going to be afraid. You prepare a feast for me. Sean, could you come in the presence of my enemies? I can eat surrounded by the enemy. You know, there was a time, there was a storm that was hitting a boat Paul was on. You can read about it. His last journey, he was on his way. As a prisoner, he was making his way to Jerusalem to be on trial. And Paul knew God was sending him there. He was on this boat. They were being hit left and right by a storm. The people who were leading the boat decided they wanted to leave early, even though the weather was not good, and they knew they were going to face winter storms on the Mediterranean. They thought, we can make it. We'll get there. And so they're on this boat. He's got other prisoners that are there. The storm gets worse and worse. Now, I'm not any, I have nothing, I don't know very little about maritime things. I'm not a sailor. I've been on a boat before. I've been on a little skiff before. I was even on a little small little boat that was having it. We were on a storm outside of Nia Bay. They took me out there. We didn't go out far, but I've been on the ocean when it's just, just up and down. It's nerve-wracking. They're on this boat, and they're trying to navigate through this huge storm. Everybody on the boat is worried. They're worried they're going to perish. The storm keeps hitting the boat day after, just, just hour after hour. The guys are so afraid, they start taking stuff and throwing it off. And everybody starts praying to their gods. They pulled out their little idols, their things, and made altars all over the boat praying. They saw Paul over there. He had another situation by himself, and here's the Apostle Paul. He's just sitting there in his little corner. He grabs his bread, puts some mayo on there, gets a slice of bologna, because he's a good Indian, right? He gets some 
some cheese and some chips, because that's how we eat our sandwiches with chips on top, right? If you're a good Indian, if you're not a good Indian, there's no chips on your thing. So look at the person next to you. Next, when we're off this fast, we're going to have a bologna sandwich with chips, amen, on the top. And he had the chips on top of it. He put that other thing on there. He grabbed his thermos, poured himself a cup of coffee. Everybody else is all panicking. He takes a sip of it. He's smiling at everybody. Puts it down says, thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful sandwich. Crunch, crunch. They're all getting mad at him. What are you doing, Paul? Don't you know we're all dying? We're going to die. This thing's going to pray. He said, I already did. He said, it's going to be okay. Come on. It's all right. It's all right. We're going we're gonna to survive. And everybody's like, no, you, you got to do, no, no, no. Everybody, sit down. Have a sandwich. Here, have one. He, he slices his in half. Here, take some. How can you do that, Paul? He said, because last night the Lord told me we're going to get through this and nobody's going to die. So don't worry about it. Stay in the boat. Here, have a sandwich. What kind of guy can do that? Surrounded by death, eating a sandwich. Just, it's because the Lord is with him. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Surrounded by the enemy, he's eating a sandwich. Wow. Wow. And he's not, and he's not nervously eating. You know what I'm talking about? He's got one eye open, the other one closed. <laughs> he's not doing that. He's relaxing and eating. Oh, my gosh. When was the last time you ate like that with no fear? Not worried about the job, not worried about things around you, not worried about your whatever, not worried about your children. You know, because I, I, I used to eat a lot and I was nervous. You know what I'm saying? I would eat without hardly swallowing. Sharon would say, take a breath. <laughs> I would just do that. Nervous all the time. When was the last time you just had a, a meal? You weren't even nervous. You are just like, yeah, this is good. And everything's okay. Jesus allows us to do that. Because we know his care. We know the Lord. And today, church, I want to say this in closing. No matter what you're going through, the reason why we value, why I value God, is he is always there. He's my savior. He's my king. He's my redeemer. He's my provider. He's my friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is my everything. He is my justifier. He is my, victor my victory. He is my song. He's my healing. His banner over me is love. He loves me. I thank the Lord every single day. Did you get up this morning and say, just thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for letting me live. How many of you guys did that today? You just said, thank you, Jesus, for letting me live another day. Thank you. I want you to do that. Let's all stand. And I want you to take a few moments. And, and I want us to just honestly, from our heart to his, just thank him this morning.